You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome back to the podcast. I am very excited to share today's podcast episode with you. Today I'm going to have a conversation with John and Linda Pierce. John and Linda have been good gospel partners with me for 20 years. When I when I came as youth minister, you got y'all had kids in the youth group, and I mean y'all were host homes and small group leaders, and I mean it's just, it has been good to walk with Jesus for 20 years with the two of you. So thanks for coming to the podcast and welcome. Well, the reason that you guys are on today is you have a very unique testimony that's pretty timely. So uh, October 17th, uh, John was diagnosed with COVID, and that brought on a really long season of struggle for you guys. And I just want to share some of what God taught you through that. But first, just so that we can catch the church up, um, Linda, will you tell us a little bit about just, you know, what, what happened? I mean, how sick was John? What, what took place in y'all's household? Okay, on, like you said, October 17th, he was diagnosed. So we're on day 60. Um, I took him, he was, he had a high fever on October 28th. He was admitted to Forest General. He was on the COVID floor four days, went to ICU seven days, and back to the COVID floor four more days. So we were 15 days at Forest General, and I had it too, and so I couldn't, it was a, it was an odd deal because I couldn't go in with him because I had it, and the home health knew that I was positive because they'd been to our house, so they had alerted Forest General that both of us had it, and the other part of that is, if you're a COVID patient, you don't get a visitor anyway. So I had a double whammy right, of just right. dropping him off at the door, parking, and then the doctor called and said, we're admitting him. We're going to admit him. Sure. And, so, and, you know, we've talked to families in the church who, you know, they you know, they have COVID. And for some of them, it's a, it's a bad cold or mm-hmm. no, no effects at all. Right. And for others, it is crippling. And John, you wound up with one of those tough cases. I mean, in the right. ICU yeah. and oxygen. Um, John, just, you know, 30 seconds of like, what, what was it like for you? Because I, I hate the idea of a COVID patient, not only feeling the way you feel, but being alone, like literally yeah. no visitors. What was that like for you? It was, you know, all this kind of happened fast. I was so sick before they put me in the hospital that uh, I wanted to be in the hospital, and they wouldn't actually put me in the hospital. But once I did get into the hospital, it was it was very lonely. And, uh, you know, uh, no one to talk to. Of course, now, we do have technology now. We could text one another and talk to one another like that. But the warmth of... Linda or a loved one being with you in a situation like that, I think is very important. I learned that I learned that the hard way, and I I think that uh, a lot of people go through a lot when they're when they're in the hospital and they can't have a loved one, especially if they're really sick and uh, feel like they possibly could die. So you know, it's tough. 
It really is tough. One of the things that I have heard people say during this is that, you know, the isolation and the loneliness that COVID has created for some people, um, especially for patients in the ICU, but for a lot of people, just folks who you know, have to have to stay safe, that that loneliness and isolation has shown us the value of community and of relationships and of people. But it has also opened our eyes to the reality that, you know, there are a lot of people in the world that even before COVID, man, they're just so isolated and lonely, and we really need to understand their experience and love them well. You know, uh, you bring that up, and I've, th- I've told Linda and some other people that, you know, I heard before I got sick on the news and everything, people being closed up at home in some of these states where they've really gotten strict about people getting out <clears throat> and the mental aspects of it. And I've seen that. Right. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen the fact where that could be a problem yep. with people. It's not, not good for your, for your mental health? It's not. Or it's your not. emotional health. You're, it's not good for your mental health. To not to be alone like that and to be closed up when you're used to being out with uh, the church family every Sunday uh, or whatever it may be, going to school, mm-hmm. kids, you know, not being able to go, uh, whatever it may be at school, band practice, football, and all of a sudden that's all cut off. I could see where that could be a mental problem or a problem for kids, especially. Well, I, I just it. it Somebody said it this way, you know, the early experience for COVID when we were all first uh, distancing and first kind of quarantine, you know, kind of uh, we're all, you know, under protocols in in March and in April, you know, that that opened our eyes to the experience that some of our shut-ins or homebound or more lonely individuals Mm -hmm. feel. And I just, man, one of the things I hope is that when COVID, you know, even when COVID is over, you know, that we'll remember that and that we will take care of each other and we'll make sure that nobody feels that isolated to the best of our ability. Mm -hmm. Now, I think you guys learned some things from the Lord. I know that sometimes going through suffering like this, uh, that it opens your eyes to, to aspects of God's character or to the Christian life. And, you know, one way that it has taught us uh, to be better believers is just the value of relationships. But would you guys share with our church Maybe a few of the other things that God taught you or did in your life while you were going through this road. Oh, Ben, when I first went into the hospital especially, uh, when they were going to move me to the ICU from the hospital room, I realized that I may have a a bad problem. You know? and uh, Because there were some times I, I really didn't remember what was going on and all that. And I and I've done a lot of praying, and and I had been getting word through text from Linda, and and other people sending me text, uh, of people praying for me, and uh, I remember just asking the good Lord to protect me and heal me and all that, but at at a, at a time there, I actually accepted the fact that I might die, and then I started thinking about. Uh, and, uh, I, and I asked the good Lord, if, it, if that come to that, I would, I was ready to go. And then I got to think about, did I do everything right in my life to take care of London and the kids, you know, and other things I was supposed to take care of. And uh, my relationship with Christ, I felt like I was ready to go. I had, had, I had actually accepted that. And... Uh, 
But the most moving thing, I think, now that I'm back, getting back on my feet, and I look back, is the fact that all the people that reached out to me, especially in our church family, uh, it is such a blessing to know that we've got a good preacher like yourself to check on us and pray for us. But all the members in this church, I, I can't count them all, wow. that have sent a text that has said, I'm praying for you. And all the, you know, and, and there were some people from family members and some other good Christian people from other churches outside the church. But the church as a whole, this church is fabulous. And and the good Lord is going to bless this church and it's going to go a long way because I can see there's some good people in this church. And, 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 and if they're praying for no fellow like me, they're praying for the good of the church too and making sure this church grows and does what it needs to. It has really been a blessing to me to see this church. I really can't explain it. It's just all the dark times that I had. You know, I wasn't in the hospital that long, but the dark times that I had, I could always think that... Uh, Linda was okay at the home, and all these guys and Linda and all of them are praying for me. I'm gonna be okay. Wow. I'm gonna pull through this. You know, but at one time I did accept, and I, and I prayed to Christ that if it's my time to go, I'm ready to go. Wow. And uh, I did accept that. And uh, uh, and I'll tell people that you know even when you got out of the hospital um, and were COVID negative. You had some lingering issues with your lungs. It made you one of oh, the yeah. two or three worst cases that your mm. particular doctor yeah. said that he had seen regarding recovery. Right, Linda, what did God do in your life during during this? What have you learned? How'd you grow? I think the same with John. He was he. Again, we were communicating with the phone and what have you, but I could call his nurse also. I could call. And I mean, they weren't, she called me one night and said that um, John was real dark. Um, he had gotten very confused on the time of day. He didn't know where he was some days and I see you. And she said, we're gonna start. I said, he's very confused on night and day. And I told him, I said, just when you're asleep, it's night. And when you're awake, just pretend it's day. So. She said that night, she said, I'm going to start turning his light off at night and get him back on a routine. But I think, too, with the prayer, um, when they he called and said, they're moving me to ICU, I just prayed that they didn't have to intubate him. Yeah. I mean, that was the big thing. And I reached out. We've got a prayer group. And I just started texting people because John was in a dark place. It was... And he understood suicide at that point so we just started praying and I said you know this is what I ask of my partners that Satan had also come into the room and whispered to John that he wasn't worthy and that he wasn't going to make it so we said I ask all my prayer partners to bind Satan from not only his room but the whole hospital you know, because these doctors are working 
so tirelessly and still at this point they're guessing i mean i hate i'm not a doctor but i would think they're scratching their head they don't know what to do so this new drug came available they were able to give him the plasma and the remdesivir i don't know if that i'm going to say that helped but i saw god intervene right. um we're going to give the medicine a little glory and we're going to give god the, the healing power that he gave john But um, I will say one thing, and I shared it with you during all this. John, when he he got through the dark point and his health improved, he thanked the ICU nurse. Yeah. He said, you know, God saved me, but you you were his hands and feet. And she told John that that was the first time anybody had told her that. Wow. So maybe we we should be more like her, you know, more. We should reach out more like John did on his deathbed. To be grateful. To be yeah, I mean, and a lot of we're in good health. We're not even saying that to people, you know. So we went through a really dark time, but God healed, and and I didn't realize until this this week, Wednesday night, I started reading through his doctor notes. They had marked him for dead. Wow. They they had put in their notes that he would probably die. And he be didn't. a hospital death. That's what they called him. Well, I am so, I'm thankful that you, you didn't, John. I'm thankful and I'm thankful for the opportunity that we had to pray for you and love you. I'm thankful for the opportunity you have to continue to be a witness for Jesus. So we need to wrap up the podcast episode today, but I just will ask you kinda of off the cuff. You know, one more question is that, so now that you guys are on your way out of this, you know, I mean, John, I know you're still using a little bit of oxygen, but you're beginning to rebound. Um, As you guys are day 60 when we record this and you are recovering, uh, and it looks like you guys are going to be out of these woods, um, is there anything that's going to be different now? I mean, spiritually, you know, is there any, is there any habit or any attitude or, you know, is there anything that, happened during this season that you think is going to affect the way you guys uh, walk out your Christian life in the next few days. Let's give that to the church and we'll wrap up. Do y'all, y'all have yeah. a- Oh, I'll never underestimate the power of prayer for one thing, very sure. Uh, and and the loneliness thing I, I, we talked about. Yes. Uh, you know, we, the only way for a person to get through that is to know, I feel like it's to know Christ and to pray to Him about it. But, you know, I think that we all should remember, as you mentioned a while ago, once, like me, once I get back on my feet, I don't even remember that there are people out there in, the, in these homes, the elderly people and stuff, that are lonely. Right. And and I think we need to remember that, and uh, I, I learned that the hard way. And and like I said, don't don't forget, uh, don't underestimate the power of prayer ever. I think that's the main thing, and yeah. I think too in our personal life, we took so much for granted. We took our health for granted. And th- at that point, we were the healthiest ever. He had lost right. 15 pounds. Right. We were walking, eating good. He lost 35 more mm-hmm. in the hospital. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I hope we are good friends to our friends like they were to us. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of times we would 
Uh, we don't want to go do that. Let's just sit. I mean, I think our time is more precious than ever. Um, so that's one of the big things. But definitely the power of prayer. That's that's We couldn't have made it through without well, everybody checking on us and praying for us and, and just lifting encouraging words. I mean, he was getting texts from people he didn't even know. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's people, like I got this message. I don't know who this from, is. So, uh, yeah, we just, over in, in other states that I worked with, good Christian men that mm-hmm. I used to work with around sawmills and stuff, were calling me and saying, "Hey, I heard you were yeah. sick. I'm praying for you, brother." Nicaragua, you know, our people, people, people from Nicaragua their, sending their church was videos of them singing songs. to me. Wow, and uh, it, it's it's a real, you know, the the power. And and to, I overlooked how many good Christian people are in this church. So I've know, overlooked that. Here's a here's a practical question. What what do you send in a text message? So if a Christian person right now is saying, I want to do better, I want to encourage my friends through their illnesses and their struggles, tell me what are the text messages that hit home? You know, what are some of the things that when you look back, I mean, obviously a church in Nicaragua from your mission experience, that's a super encouraging. But but for the folks at home from Carterville, what what do they say or what do they not say? Tell me about that text message. Uh, well, uh, several of my text messages were actually uh, one from a, a several from my uh, an in-law of mine from over around Lakesville, and several from a couple of members here in the church. They done a devotion. They just typed me out a devotion on the... Wow. And sent it to me. Wow. That was very encouraging. That's fantastic. It was. A, a little short. You know, it was it was kind of long for me to read on the phone. But, uh, just you know, three or four devotion. inches long on your phone. A yeah. daily, their daily devotion. That's fantastic. They shared it with me. And uh, several members here at the church have done that. That's awesome. And one in particular... Yeah. I won't call no names because I don't want to embarrass nobody, but she, it was a lady. She actually done it the whole time I was in ICU. Wow. And that really touched me. Wow. It really did. And and I thought it was a great idea for further, if if you've got someone out there that you need to be reaching out to and you can't do it any other way but yeah. through your phone, Yeah, she had a very, very good... Uh, way of touching me and praying for me and letting me know she cared for me. Wow. Well, guys, thanks for the practical. Thanks for the personal. Thanks for sharing your story and how God's working you. Listen, I love you both. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas for sure.